This is great. Chilling by the ocean, waves crashing, drink on the side. Death Star flying above me. Hey, those typhoons? The sun is out and our blockade is legal. Join Robin Vogt and Sean Me Show right now. Right now. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to our journey to episode 9, reviewing all the different films. That's right, episodes 1 in the prequel trilogy through all the way to just the original trilogy. Just skip 2 and 3. I said 1, the prequel hold trilogy. Hold you, you I said, said 1 in the prequel trilogy. People out there, you can go back and re-listen to this. You, I you said, said it. I said one. it. He didn't say I said it. And then one. the prequel trilogy. And the prequel trilogy, because I love our recording of. I am not doing this. Right <laughs> Continuing on. Episode two, episode three. Now we are on to episode four. A new hope in our reviews, guys. Thursday is going to be off the hook. I'm just telling you that right now. If this is if this is any sign of it. It's going to be off the hook. So prepare yourself. But a new hope. It's time to take a look back at the film also known as Star Wars itself back in 1977. And let me say this, watching A New Hope again, I know, Andrew, you and I have talked about it just outside of the fact, but I'm going to go and I'm going to have Sean uh, answer the first question on this one. Um, let's take a look at, in particular, I know you and I mentioned some of the certain effects. The lightsabers look so much cleaner. Um, There's so much better. Hope. I mean, oh, yeah. so many different aspects compared to the original release, and you see what Disney Plus has done to even up it that much more in terms of effects and making sure everything looks crisp and clean. But Sean, what are your, I'm, I'm going to say it, what are your top three? We'll, we'll start, actually, let's make it top four because this is episode four. Let's make yeah. your top four moments in A New Hope, at least in the Disney Plus mm -hmm. release, maybe in your experience as a whole here. I mean, first of all, Disney Plus uh, release for Star Wars, A New Hope was, uh, like everyone said, it's clean. It, it felt like I was watching the prequels with that type of uh, quality of mm -hmm. uh, animations and special effects to that. Yeah. And, and my, we're doing top four, right? Uh, yeah, top, yeah. Four. top four. Okay. Uh, my, I guess number four for me has to be easily has to, for me. I think it'd be the opening scene alone, just because it's like the the beginning of. Star Wars itself as a whole when it started and, and just seeing that uh, uh, crawl come the first time you see it mm -hmm. you always get a chills I mean like I posted yesterday like, yeah. it gives um, yeah. me chills every time mm -hmm. uh, my number three has to probably has to be one of my favorite uh, scenes alone as without any context is with uh, with Luke and Tatooine just looking over the twin suns. It, it's one of the, it's so short, but it's beautifully shot. Um, mm -hmm. What I was going to say. Uh, for, number two for me probably has to be, uh, has to, probably has to be the ending. 
Um, the just, battle ceremony. Battle ceremony, huh? Or not? Not not the ending. I mean the the battle. Yeah, the battle scene when when all in the 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 Y wings, X wings, whatever. Ah, uh, yes, and the trench I, run. The tr- yes, thank you. The trench run, and I I think it's so done well done. I mean, mm-hmm. just seeing alone seeing alone is in that era. I think it was so cool to see. It was different for a sci-fi movie, and it got really our first space battle. Yeah, very true. Yep. And I think it still holds up today. It does. Yeah. It still holds up. The whole movie still holds up. Uh, my no, probably number one has to be, um, probably uh, me personally. Uh, because first time we see Ben Kenobi. Obi Wan, yeah. Uh, Obi Wan's one is one of my favorite uh, Star Wars characters after 100%. Ahsoka, and just and seeing it right after the prequels with uh, uh, you and uh, did a great job of portraying Obi Wan, and then going straight into A New Hope, you see uh, it's Alec Guinness, yeah, yeah. He, he resembles him so fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best uh, casting. Casting for thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right, Mister. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my top four. Um, the fourth for me. Open fair. Twenty the Century Fox. Um, <clears throat> going into Lucasfilm and then into the Star Wars crawl. Um, A New Hopes, no matter what, gives me chills. Out of the fanfare for 20th Century Fox, it just sounds more powerful with that version. Um, Mm The theme for the opening crawl is easily um, my favorite. Um, it just sounds the best, and it gives so much history in the crawl itself. Right. And it's like, okay, so we're already caught up. Um, three for me um, would be when, um, after we first meet Ben Kenobi, and Luke says um, he R2 claims to be the property of an Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right. Watching it last night, like just the look on Alec Guinness's face, the acting that he like shows like, wow, I haven't heard that name in so long. Right. And the music for that is like perfect for that moment, like for the reveal of, of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And mm-hmm. actually, I wish they kept this scene in because everyone's like confused, like, oh, why doesn't Obi-Wan remember R2-D2? There's right. supposed to be a scene in the Millennium Falcon where Obi-Wan walks up to R2-D2 and puts his hand on his head and he's like, it's good to see you again, old friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That mm-hmm. that would have been a cool like scene to see if they kept mm-hmm. it in. Um, um, my other favorite is Luke receiving 
his father's lightsaber. Mm. Mainly because the lightsaber looks so much, the blade itself looks so much better now. Like before it would look white and not blue at all. Right. With Disney Plus, they fixed it and has the blue look that it's supposed to and everything like that. And number one, the trench run. That's easily my favorite scene in Star Wars. Um, Just the music and you really felt desperate. Like it had to be done like now. And Mm. the thing that I liked um, like with Wedge um, when Luke like tells him like his squad to get ready for the trench run. Yep. Wedge is the first to like jump in and be like, all right, I'm with you. And very true. Like that. That's the thing that I noticed on, I rewatch. It's like, he's really quick to follow in Luke. Yeah, he is. And that says a lot. It's a really good point. Yeah. I, I, I agree with a lot of the ones that you guys have. Um, I think, I think that there's so many different iconic moments and, you know, we define it as a new hope, but for people who are in the theaters in 77, I can only imagine, you know, I lived through my parents' perspective and a lot of, um, you know, people who we've met at conventions and people in the Star Wars community who were there that night, that opening night in 77 to experience Star Wars for the first time. And I think my number four for me, of course, is um, when Luke um, experiences the death of on and uncle owen and he looks yeah. at obi-wan oh, yeah. and he says you know he, he just comes to the reality unlike ray in the force awakens who wants to run away from it luke comes to the reality of this really is his path this is what he's meant to do and he has nothing left on tatooine so i think that that's that that's uh, for me that's where star wars begins is right there in that moment when he and looks at Obi-Wan and says that. With that scene, when he sees Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen, similar to Anakin in episode two, when yes. Luke looks up, it's that with rage. Oh, oh mm. he's, tap- he's just like his father in that moment. He is just like his father. He's like, you know what? There, there's a certain amount of revenge. There really is that, that resides in Luke for what the Empire did to his family or what he believed to be his family. Because yeah, it, it was really just people a dirty who liar. <laughs> and he is, and we talked about that actually when we were talking about the prequel stuff, the reality of Obi-Wan and uh, mm-hmm. everything that he was left to basically handle um, after the death of all the Jedi um, and basically the fall of the Jedi Order as it was. Um, number three for me uh, in particular is <laughs> the scene um, when you have all the Grand Moffs and all the leaders of the Empire, they're discussing the Death Star and... Um, you know, Vader is standing there with Tarkin. And I think the one thing that still stands out to this day is Vader's force choking. Um, one of the, Mm -hmm. one of the moths, because they're basically crap talking the Jedi, you know, your, your religion is, is nothing but a fantasy, you know, every, you, you are lost, you know, (laughs) you have, you have no real path left and he's choking him. But I think the one aspect of that scene that really stands out for me and why I put it at number three is Tarkin tells Vader to release him, and Vader listens. Yeah, he, he understands the Tar- respect level that Tarkin carries. Yeah, Tarkin is the only moth or any regular person that's able to put Vader in his place. 
Yes. And Correct. honestly, the casting of Peter Cushing as Moff oh. Tarkin is easily Amazing. some of the best casting. It is. Mm-hmm. Like, I love Peter Cushing as an actor. He's one of my favorites. Um, yeah, especially in his horror works. I just, mean, just from absolutely. the Hammer oh. horror films, him as Frankenstein. So if you good. want to see like Peter Cushing playing an evil, evil character, mm. Moff Tarkin is evil. But not you haven't you haven't <laughs> seen anything until you yeah. see him as Doctor Victor Frankenstein. Oh, he's amazing as Victor. Which actually, fun fact: David Prose, who was Darth Vader, was also a Frankenstein monster in one That's of the Frankenstein right. movies. That's right. Yeah, there's so many fantastic connections. I know Andrew, you and I have spoken about it multiple times between the Star Wars universe actors and those who were in the horror industry as well. Like look at Christopher I, Lee, Count Dooku, Count Dracula. Yeah. Oh yeah, and and George knew that when he casted for that film yeah. that he needed people from that background, from classic horror movie background, to take on those roles. You know, very, people who I'm gonna say Peter Cushing was very striking. He was very eerie looking to begin with. Just to, you know, very. I and I always see him as a very Shakespearean actor mm-hmm. alone. So to see him in that role was perfect. And you know, Tarkin was really in close with the Emperor himself. I think, mm-hmm. other than Vader, he was the closest to the Emperor at that mm-hmm. time in terms of everything that was going. He on. was the only one during the Clone Wars that knew Palpatine's like full, like He's secret. Else. Yeah. Yeah, and we see that, of course, play out in the Clone Wars itself. And then, mm-hmm. we, as we talked about in Revenge of the Sith, we see Tarkin in that quick little scene mm-hmm. as he's speaking to Vader and the Emperor, probably about the construction of the Death Star at that time. Um, so then number two for me, um, the moment that stands out, of course, is Obi-Wan versus Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, because mm-hmm. that, for me, that defines, that's our first real, that's our first lightsaber mm-hmm. battle that we get in the Star Wars universe. It's our first time seeing a Sith versus a Jedi. And it, 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 I think the other thing for me too, is that, you know, when I was younger, I didn't have any context to run with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You saw it for the first time. You're like, okay, really, who are these two people? But now as an adult, and now knowing the prequel trilogy and now seeing what the sequel trilogy is doing, you, and reading the books and the comics, that scene alone carries so much levity to it mm-hmm. and even more now than ever. And you know what Obi-Wan is doing when he looks over at Luke, he knows mm-hmm. that Qui-Gon mm-hmm. taught him that he could basically much like Luke in the last Jedi, he could give himself up to the force and yeah. still have an impact on the galaxy in his own unique way in terms of mm-hmm. training and showing the pathway that should be taken in that case. So that one I think stands out for me. And then why it's number two is the levity of it. alone yeah. now. And in the Star Wars canon. Those saying they wish the fight was like, like comparing like their fight in revenge of the Sith. Then 20 years later that in my view, Vader is more cautious. He's mm. like, okay, I screwed up the last time this time. Mm. I'm going to be more cautious. And not be as flashy. Same yeah. with Kenobi. Yeah. Kenobi's just trying to survive as long as he can. Because he knows he can't beat Vader. Right. right. And mm. the fight itself, yes, it's slow. But it does have emotion to it. Like, every lightsaber it's fight. impactful. Yes. Very much. Every so. fight has specific emotions with it. it. There's different emotion with 
um, Luke and Vader's fight in Bespin compared to their fight in Return of the Jedi. There's, it's the same with the sequel trilogy. There's different emotions in each fight. Mm-hmm. Like, granted, mm-hmm. there's not really a lightsaber duel in The Last Jedi, but there right. is a sequence where there is a fight. Yeah, right. right. And my number one moment for me, I think this is going to take you both by surprise. Maybe. Maybe. Um, and is the one that stood out to me. McClunky. Most. Nothing surprises me. What's that? McClunky. <laughs> we do not speak of McClunky on this podcast at this moment. Um, but, uh, no, it's the one that stood out to me most in my childhood. And someday when I go to Galaxy's Edge, I hope to relive this moment in particular. And that's when Han and Luke are fighting off the TIE fighters. And you get the iconic dun-dun. Dun 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 and just that and then again in Force Awakens we get it when they're flying through the rubble on Jakku and they're you know Finn and Ray are trying to escape the planet from the rest of the Empire trying to find them. Here in Last Jedi as well. We do, we do in different in that in a one specific moment. Again, we do hear it in Return of the Jedi too. With yeah. the Death Star battle there too. So. Right, right. Probably so we're gonna it, see Skywalker so easily. Okay. So there's different. <laughs> Watch it play if the Falcon goes down. It's like <laughs> 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 that would be crude. That would be just crude. Um, and it's just one of those scenes that I continue to go back to, and I watch it, and it's like you want to be in the seat that Luke's in. You want to be fighting off those TIE fighters. And I don't know what it is about it, but it's the most Star Wars feeling moment that I have in A New Hope. Like, you know, just actually placing yourself in that cockpit and just the camera shots of actually lining up the shot with the TIE fighter on the screen, you know, missing shots, having to navigate. It's just, it it screams Star Wars to me and what Star Wars means. And uh, I, I think... Much like we may see in the Rise of Skywalker, in particular with the space battle, um, we're going to get that from different perspectives. We're going to get that from the Falcon. We're going to get that from Poe. We're going to get that from maybe Snap Wexley or from one of the other ships. Who knows? Maybe the Ghost. Maybe, maybe we get something from that. Maybe but we'll get something on the Empire. That sorry, would be great. Sorry. That'd be the great. Yeah. Order, whatever it's called. <laughs> the Sith Army. Yeah, the, I mean the, the first Empire. I, and that—that's really a moment that's that's stood out to me i actually i'll kind of pair it up with this in a way is when we get a look inside of vader's uh tie fighter in Mm -hmm. particular and we also get the um his uh his fighters individually and we get to look inside a tie fighter and see what that looks like those those shots right there are just iconic with star wars they're so unique and to be honest with you George took those from the early World War One and World War II mm-hmm. films where they, they really like looked right at the pilot um, when they were like, I, I think about like some of the original Pearl Harbor style films, yeah. Tora, 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 when they looked inside the Japanese mm-hmm. uh, air fighters uh, mm-hmm. going in over mi- the midway and everything. Like that's the beauty that we take our history and what George did, which was take an aspect of film and that's what he learned from all the people in film school, you know, all of his professors, was that you got to take on that different perspective because that's what film is all about. you got to show the people what it's like to be in that moment. So I, I think that that's something, as we get it to make it or break it, that we'll discuss mm-hmm. further. Yeah. But. Um, that is 
another one of my favorites. Um, it didn't make my top four, but still. Um, again, it's all the music that really yeah, it sets it, it in is. motion for me. And for a lot of people, if Star Wars didn't have John Williams doing the music or the specific music itself, it wouldn't have worked. Like right. even right. even Mark Hamill himself says that Star Wars without its music wouldn't have worked. The music captures everyone's imagination. And yeah. now with the Rise of Skywalker being the last film that John Williams is composing, from what I've heard, I'm not sure if he's fully retiring after Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. him, these films wouldn't have lasted. Right. And he he said in an interview he reworked Ray's theme a little bit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to a more calm and adult feeling of her. Yeah, theme. I remember reading that. So it's going to be interesting. And the fact that he has been fortunate enough to work on the same series of films yeah. and adapt and make more music and even better music. Mm. It's right. just amazing. Yeah, it he, really is. His music, his music grows with us. Mm-hmm. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Sean. It really does. And I think the one aspect of of Star Wars, now that we head towards make it or break it, I'll do mine first, and then I'll fire it around to you guys. Is I think for Rise of Skywalker to make it, not only do we need those one to one personal moments where we look inside of maybe. Uh, a Sith trooper having to fight off what's coming at him in terms of the rebellion. Um, whether that's also, I think what would be really cool is let's go into BB eight's head. Let's have a look at what he's seeing as he's going across. That would, that would be the interesting. Star that's never really been done. Never really been done before where yeah. we've gone into the droids perspective and, and has looked at what's going on. And I think that that would be a cool aspect to bring in. In, I feel uh, like the they're going to do that with C-3PO. Yeah, that would be yeah. that'd be really cool. That would really be cool as well. Um, so for for it to make it, I think you need to have those one-on-one personal moments, and I think you need to have the music to back it up, much like uh, New Hope does. In those moments, you're able to have understand in that moment where Vader is trying to line up his shots and get to Luke before he's able to fire um, the final torpedo into the Death Star. Into and I've always loved the sound of Darth Vader's type. TIE fighter. Oh, it's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And you can tell he modified it himself. Mm-hmm. That's like Anakin. That. That's Anakin right there. Being able to modify ships to be able to accommodate them to what he wants and what he wants to get out of them. kept like the original Jedi Starfighter, like like put parts of those into his TIE fighter to like make it better? Yeah. Yeah. I mean I mean, I, I think another possible. cool. What do you think, Sean? I said it's possible. Yeah, I agree. I, I do think it's possible. And I think the other aspect of it, too, is that, you know, how do we know that Kylo Ren didn't take from Vader's TIE fighter for mm-hmm. his own? You know what I mean? Because there's one particular clip trailer that uh, you hear. You hear his TIE fighter. Mm-hmm. And the sound is so in particular. It's It sounds just like Vader's. Tie mm-hmm. fighter, so I, I I don't know. Maybe there's maybe there's some truth to that. Maybe there isn't, but we'll find out. Yeah, uh, probably has closer and closer of Darth Vader on his dashboard. <laughs> <laughs> he's, got little, he's got a little Yankee candle, Darth Vader sense. 
scent for his uh, tie fighter to keep it nice and fresh. Um, and then my break it for um, Rise of Skywalker in terms of A New Hope is, you know, again, I don't ne- I don't necessarily need like a co- trash compactor scene. I don't need like it was wow. it was cool that A New Hope had that. Um, I I just didn't see like they were escaping. But the trash compactor scene for me is like I, I could skip through it. I really could. Um, it never really carried that much gravitas to me or any kind of in-depth um, meaning to it. Um, I think it was really used actually. The idea of them being crushed by that and then celebrating in C three people saying, "Oh, they're dying, R two, they're dying." It was it was used more for a humorous moment because up to that point the film was so serious and mm-hmm. there was so much action that they needed something. Um, to happen so i i think with the rise of skywalker there's there's just way too much that has to happen and there's mm-hmm. way too much that has to be accomplished for this entire thing to be wrapped up that i don't think you can really have like a trash compactor moment or anything in this film no so, unless it makes sense and yeah it would have to nostalgia thing like force awakens we had a call back to the trash compactor and stuff like that but we didn't mm-hmm. see it which right. i'm fine with that yeah, we didn't have to see Phasma escape. That was not necessary. No. She should have died there. <laughs> That's true. Sean, how about your uh, make it or break it? Um, before I sneeze, hopefully, I'm, I'm probably going to sneeze soon, sometime soon. God bless you before you sneeze. God bless you, Sean. Thank you. Um, <laughs> for my make it, it probably has to be... Uh, I want something similar to the... Uh, what is it? Um, I lost my train of thought now. Uh oh. Oh, the sneeze distracted. It did. Uh, oh, man, it sucks. Andrew, you go. Andrew, you go. Okay. All right, I'll have Andrew go. I would honestly like a moment where, if Ray is to meet a Jedi, it would be a make it for me. If she's to meet a Jedi. And she calls said Jedi by their original name that they have a similar reaction to, like Obi Wan did, and stuff like that. Um, Interesting. I would like a moment like that because we've only really gotten one of those with just Obi Wan. So it would it would it would be a nice kind of slow down moment. Like uh-huh. it doesn't have to be a major thing. Um, right. Right. But it would be a cool thing to see. Uh, break it. It's hard with a new hope. It really uh, is. Uh, I, I guess I'll do my make it because I've thought of it now. Yeah. Uh, for my make it, I would love to see kind of a similar scene with uh, Darth Vader, but Kylo Ren uh, choking out someone. Kind of what you said, Robin. Ooh, with, okay, uh, okay. Maybe but, with General Hux or well, the beginning uh, of a new hope when he's like, who, you know, who would really stop? Oh, like it, he's interrogating someone. If this is a council issue, where's the ambassador? Yeah. Like that kind yeah. of moment. Like I would, would love to that see that, cool. that again. Yeah, that would be. That would be like a. This is a different Kylo Ren we're seeing. Yeah. Um. I guess for my break it will probably has to be. Why is the break it so hard? Yeah, it is. It is. Um, 
I'm going to do the same thing with what Robin, you said with the trash compactor scene. It's really not necessary. Yeah. Like, like, mm-hmm. we, we don't need that type of stuff for the Rise of Skywalker. We kind of had that in Force Awakens a little bit with mm. when when Poe meets, uh, I'm not Poe, uh, when Finn meets Ray at the beginning. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think I have a breakup for this one. Wow, impressive. So you you think, Andrew, what you're saying by that is that A New Hope does a pretty good job of doing everything that a Star Wars film should do. I mean, it being the first one. Uh, Well, yeah, but... (laughs) um, I mean, if I really want to be nitpicky, don't do a a rehash of the Cantina scene. That's really about it for me. That's a good one, though. I like that. Yeah, we got that in Force Awakens on Maz's castle, so we don't need that. We don't need that at all. I like those; those are really good. Make it or break it, guys. Um, One last thing I want to talk about quickly when it comes to New Hope, and I think it's it's an interesting point that as as we move closer to the rise of Skywalker, um, the one thing that a New Hope did do is when we were first introduced to Luke, we saw. A lot of vulnerabilities, mm-hmm. much like we did with Ray in The Force Awakens. No, she she was perfectly fine. She has no issues or weaknesses. <laughs> She's perfect. Right, but and people and people say Luke Skywalker is perfect. No, he no, he, no. He, no. he's fine. Anakin's no. fine. No, I mean they're all, and they, they're all perfect, right? Yeah. But in, not with except, me, except for Ray. She's terrible. But I mean, in terms yeah. of like the mystery, there's there's both of them. Like Luke and Ray both don't really know why they are there. Luke is there with Aunt Faru and Uncle Owen because Obi-Wan gave them to him, but he doesn't know that. He doesn't know that. He was too young. He was a child. He would have no idea that that was the case. And Ray doesn't even know who her real family is. Luke, in all honesty, doesn't know who his real family is. So I think what we need to do with The Rise of Skywalker, and I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say, is, and again, the mystery of the family lineage, if they want to answer it, do it like they did with Luke. Mm -hmm. Make it be not a, I mean, the Vader one was was pretty major, but I think for Ray, it's like we've already done that. We did it with Luke. I think what they ha- what would I guess make it for me in this case would be keep a little bit of that mystery there still, answer some of it because that was, but not all of it because we have so much other canon available to us mm-hmm. that could take that little moment and say, you know what, let's do something more about her lineage in a book. Let's do a little bit more of this. Or in a video game. Or in a video game. Use your resources. Because I think if A New Hope was made in this time period in particular... Uh, We'd never hear the end of it. You'd never hear the end of it. And guess what? The beauty of it, too, is that there'd be so much other forms of canon that a lot of those questions could be answered in that way, too. Unfortunately... I think George took a lot of the questions that people had and turned them into legends novels. And at that time it worked, but unfortunately a lot of that wasn't canonized. When Disney came around, it was like, Nope, we're not going to touch any of that. To be fair, 
Um, George Lucas never considered a lot of the EU itself to be canon anyway. Right, right. So, certain like the Thrawn trilogy, yeah, he can kind of considered that. Well, yeah, and the some of the Darth Bane stuff, but other than that, nothing like Palpatine's wormhole that wasn't canon. Right. Uh, Chewbacca getting crushed by a moon, not canon. Oh, we're gonna see, maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe. You don't know. He might get crushed by a moon and rise of Skywalker. Well, I'm talking in <laughs> Before even the bio, George didn't even... Oh, yeah, I know. Really no, no. So, it's, so it's, it's... We're in a very interesting place right now where I feel like since we're wrapping up these three trilogies that there's some wiggle room and there's some places where I feel like some of the stuff from A New Hope could be used and, and may not be used because we had The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll, I'll be fascinated to see, but what, what do you guys think? Like, in terms of The Rise of Skywalker, it being so close now, I mean, this is, this is, this is about as close as we'll get probably up and leading to our next couple reactions and some yeah. of our views. Mm-hmm. Um, for Rise of Skywalker to really be a different film, uh, much like a new hope was it was it was unique and it was different to the fans at that time Dude, these were things that we didn't see you know i guess it's a make it but it's it's in a much more in-depth way is there something that you that we haven't seen yet in the star wars universe that you would like to see in the rise of skywalker much like a new hope showed us something brand new something so different than we had seen before brand new Brand, yeah, brand new. Like an aspect of the galaxy, something. Maybe, maybe like a new, new get, like not a different galaxy, but farther away kind of thing. Like that, there's they, something they, go, they go through. They go through like a not like a portal, but like an alternate dimension kind of type thing. I mean, mm. they, they they skip to a different galaxy. Well, well, they kind of introduced that in Rebels with the world between worlds a little bit. Kind of, yeah. That's that's where I'm leading to. That's where I'm leading to. Is that, that if really they, want to do something different? That's the way to do it. If they do that, you can quote me here. If they do that, it will probably take the place as my favorite Star Wars movie. It will surpass Return of the Jedi for me if they do that. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Because that is what set A New Hope across so different from the rest of the franchises that existed that were space-themed. Like Flash Gordon, Star Trek, the rest of them, is that they introduced concepts that had never been seen before. (laughs) Yeah. There were so many different things in a space opera (laughs) that we hadn't seen done before. Hyperdrive, being able to travel to planets here and there in a totally different form. Stuff like that. Like, I know Star Trek had that, but we actually got to see it in a very different way. Star Wars is better. <laughs> Don't tell Scott that. Don't tell Scott that. I'll tell him right <laughs> But yeah, I agree with you, Andrew. I, and, I, and I think Sean and I have talked about it too. It's like, if they were to do something with the world between worlds and absolutely open our minds in the live action form to that mm. side of the force and to the worlds that exist... Like- like is like the most unique stuff that Star Wars has done since Star Wars itself it really is Uh, 
Yeah. And George always wanted to do it. He always wanted to do that. And, and that's Dave why Filoni is one of the people that. Filoni. That's why Dave Filoni is one of the best people to have in Lucasfilm right now, is because he learned directly under George, and George told him pretty much what he wanted to do, and stuff like that. So. Yeah. So we'll keep our eyes. The other things I do like with the New Hope is um, when after the Tie Fighter attack on the Falcon, um, how Han kind of pokes like teases Luke a little bit about because he can tell he has a crush on Leia. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff there, <laughs> even though it's like it's okay. George says he planned to have Luke and Leia be twins the entire time. He did not. No. We'll, nope, we'll no. get more into that with Empire Strikes Back, but there's no way in hell that he planned to have Luke and Leia be twins the entire time. No. And we'll tell you, yeah, like you said, there's a lot with Empire Strikes Back that I'll be looking forward to talking about, of course, here on the Brick City Blockade as we move forward. But we have reached that time here on the podcast itself. It's a little thing we like to call... Long time. Long time. All right, Mr. Michel, fire away. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter, ShawMichelle1, Instagram at It's Zone Z. Uh, follow me is like a, a band camp. B A N D camp. B A N D C A M P F I R I. And friend me and follow me on Facebook. Hey, Andrew, you fire away. You guys can find me on Twitter at agarish one Instagram, Andrew62592. Um, YouTube, Commander Nerd. Um, new video will be up um, the Friday after opening night, which will pretty much just be a day of Rise of Skywalker vlog, essentially. That'll um, be essentially Robin's second time on my channel because uh, I did the Brick City video and stuff oh, like that where right. you yes. appeared in. Um, so it'll be pretty fun. Um, be on the lookout for that. Robin, where they find you. And as we always say here at the podcast, eh, may the force be with you. Sometimes. Yes. Maybe. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> Go watch A New Hope and subscribe to Disney Plus, please. Yes. It's worth it. It's only seven bucks. Disney. Just, just do it. Disney the money. <laughs> <laughs>